0: Well, we we'll began to look in the morning uh, on the subject of maintaining a spirit-filled life. Maintaining a spirit-filled life. Let's um, go back to our theme text, Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians 5. And I'll just read from verse 18 through to 21. It says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, And like we said, the literal Greek says, Be being filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you're our Father. You're a good Father. You're a gracious Father your loving father what an awesome privilege to be your sons and daughters what an awesome privilege to be indwelt by your mighty Holy Spirit we approach your word reverently and humbly once again tonight we trust that by your spirit you'll unveil unfold and reveal the Word of God to our spirits we're open to the moving of your spirit moving our midst as you so desire thank you father we give all the praise honor and adoration For everything that be wrought in our midst. To the worthy and majestic name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Jesus name we pray. And everybody said. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So that scripture. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. But be being filled with the spirit. Be being filled with the spirit. We examine what uh, it means to be filled with the spirit. To be fervent. Passionate. On fire for God. Amen. We. We talked about the fact that a spirit-filled life is discernible. We looked at the characteristics of a spirit-filled life. Supernatural utterance. Perpetual thanksgiving. And then the third, reverential submission. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. A person who maintains a spirit-filled life is easy to get along with. The person will have a, a submissive attitude. A humble, teachable spirit. The truth is none of us knows it all. Remember hearing Brother Hagen talk about one time, said it was in this meeting, there was a fellow preaching. Said it was like, the fellow oh, might have felt like, oh, that Hagin fellow, is here, is I'm going to give it to him today. You know, going to skin his hide a bit. You know, he, he might have seen things with that perspective, which wouldn't have been a good perspective to see things from. Said the person made some derogatory remarks about the faith message. But he just told himself, well, he doesn't quite mean it like that. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He means well. He said he was tempted to switch off. But he decided he wouldn't. And he would just stay teachable and be able to receive. He said about 10 minutes after, the person gave the Bible answer to a question he had sought an answer for for 25 years. Praise God. So the truth is this. We can learn one from another. Amen. And just having a teachable spirit and uh, uh, an attitude where we don't we aren't rebellious, praise God. We're submissive to constituted authority in the home, in the local church, in society, amen, the laws of the land. And then also as fellow believers, one to another, where we're just easy to get along with, praise God. Well, I didn't get through to that in the second service. You know, the Holy Ghost just um, changed our direction. So uh, maybe you were in the second service and you didn't hear that part. Well, I just chipped it in. Praise God. Now, um, how does one maintain a spirit-filled life? How does it work? And What are the benefits of this spirit-filled life? Well, in Acts 4, from verse 23 to 31, when um, the disciples were let go, they went to their own company. Reported all that the chief priests and elders had said, and they lifted up their voice to God one accord, and said, O Lord, thou art God, who has made the heavens the seas, the earth and all that in them is. And we saw how they reacted in that situation. And they ended up praying and said, Now, Lord, behold their threatenings, gather to thy servants, and with all boldness and may speak thy word, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be wrought by the name of thy holy child Jesus. Now a few things we see there about how to Get spirit filled. We've seen the marks, the characteristics of someone who stays filled with the spirit. But how exactly uh, does one maintain a spirit filled life? Well, number one, we see there that we have to maintain close fellowship with God through prayer. Close fellowship with God through prayer. Amen. They prayed. Praise God. There's something about being filled with the Holy Ghost and maintaining a prayer life, and both just go hand in hand. For instance, Ephesians 6.10 The Bible says, finally my brethren, be strong in the Lord And in the power of His might Now how do we get to be strong in the Lord? Remember John 1 says, in the beginning was the Word And the Word was with God, and the Word was God Says the same was in the beginning with God All things were made by Him Without Him was not anything made that was made And verse 14 says, and the Word was made flesh And dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus is the living word. The Bible is the written word. The written word is given to unveil the living word to us. So if I'm going to be strong in the Lord, I'm going to be strong in the word. Praise God. And then we see, in the Bible now gives the uh, pieces of the armor that we are to put on from verse Uh, 14 through to verse 17, the breastplate of righteousness, the girdle of uh, truth, you know, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith. All the six pieces of the armor mentioned relate in one way or another to the word of God. You know, the girdle of truth, thy word is truth. The Breastplate of righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. He's God's word. The helmet of salvation. Renewing our minds with the word of God. Our feet shod of the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know, God's word. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Faith coming by him, hearing, Him by the word of God. And then the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, God's word is the only offensive weapon mentioned in that place. But all the other pieces of the armor, in one way or another, relate to the word. So to be strong in the Lord is to be strong in his word. And then the Bible gives different areas of that word we ought to be strong in. Now verse 18 now says, Praying always, with all prayer and supplication, in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So we are to be strong first in the word, in the Lord. And then it says, we ought to be, to be strong in the power of his might. Now who is the power of God's might? Acts one eight in the Amplified Version it says, but well, ye shall receive power ability, efficiency might, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So the Holy Ghost is the power of God's might and to be strong in the power of God's might is to be strong in the Holy Ghost yeah. Amen. Yeah. Now anybody who's filled with the Holy Ghost, he has the powerhouse in him yeah. but of what use is having the powerhouse and not generating any power? Sure. Prayer is what makes the power available. James five sixteen says, "Confess your faults one to another, pray one for another that ye may be healed." The effect of having prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The amplified says, "The continued earnest heartfelt prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working." So we get strong in the power of God's might. Who is the Holy Ghost? By doing what verse eighteen says. Praying always, with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Yeah. So if we're going to maintain a spiritual life, first thing we see is to maintain close fellowship with God through prayer. To maintain close fellowship with God through prayer. It's vital. Now, we're word people, right? And usually when we talk about Jesus and the temptations he faced, we talk about how he used the word of God to whip the devil. And that's what, he, what happened. But there's an aspect of it that we sometimes overlook and it's the fact that yes Jesus used the word but he used the word of God from a position of being prayed up the Bible says Jesus being full full of the Holy Ghost amen returned from Jordan and was led look for one by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil so he was prayed up amen you see there is a strengthening that comes from the word that we can't get any other way. But there's a strengthening that comes from praying in the Holy Ghost that we can't get any other way either. Praise God. So close fellowship with God through prayer. The first thing we see there. They prayed in the face of that bad situation. They weren't doubted. They weren't scared. They just went ahead boldly. So close fellowship with God through prayer. Well, the second thing we see is this. To maintain a spirit-free life, We have to maintain a spirit of boldness through prayer. We have to maintain a spirit of boldness through prayer. Now, there are some things we shouldn't pray for. We shouldn't pray for faith. We should just get knowledge of the word. Faith comes out here and here by the word of God. We don't need to pray for righteousness. We've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, Certain things we shouldn't pray for. We don't need to pray for love. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And we just need to feed our love nature. But there are some things we can pray for, and one of them is boldness.
1: Yeah.
0: One of them is boldness. We notice they prayed, they said, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. In Ephesians 6 18 and 19, Paul said, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Then he said in verse 19, And as for me, that utterance may are may given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the word of God, that I may make it manifest even as I ought to. So we can pray for boldness. Yeah. We can ask God to give us greater boldness to speak his word. Amen. Yeah. One thing about boldness is this. The bolder you are, the more the results you'll get. Right. It's just something about just daring. You know, someone says, what if you lay hands on them and they don't get healed? Well, what if they do get healed? And the truth is, there's no what if about it. Jesus said, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. Praise God. So just daring to do. Being bold to testify. Being bold to act on God's word. Being daring. Amen. Just stepping out. Praise God. So, first we said close fellowship with God through prayer. Second, maintaining a spirit of boldness through prayer also third, third element we see there was that they had absolute obedience to God absolute obedience to God, now this was a situation where they could have lost their lives those guys said don't preach anymore, you know they could have set up a committee and said okay, let's just go meet them, let's strike a bargain they don't want us talking about the name of Jesus okay, let's not mention that name anymore let's see how we can get along with them, but no, they said look is we'd rather obey God than than you folks. That's what they they told those religious guys. So, an attitude of obedience to God. Obedience to God. Well, whatever God has already told us in His Word, we're to do it. And then there are times He speaks things to our hearts. He gives us instructions. Amen. By the inward witness. Through the still, small voice of our own spirit. Or through the audible, authoritative voice of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Or through visions, through revelations. Just obeying God. You know, the thing is this. God doesn't reward titles. God doesn't reward offices. What God rewards is faithfulness. Just being faithful to serve. Being faithful to obey Him. Being faithful to do whatever it is is will have us to do. Amen. And then the fourth element we see there is consecration to God's will. Consecration to God's will. Brother Hagin said one time he was talking to the Lord and he said, wow, it seems we had a stronger move of God's spirit in the 50s, in the 60s. Such a strong move in the 40s. You know, he said, and the Lord spoke up in his spirit and said, yeah. And there was greater consecration yeah. to my will too then. Mm-hmm. My, could there be, have been a link between both? Yes. Certainly. Yes, the truth is this. Revival fire burns brighter through purer vessels. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Just an attitude of consecration. There are some things God may not want us to do, but He may want us to be willing to do them. You know, He pastored in Farmersville, left the Farmersville church, you know, a bit prematurely. And then um, He went somewhere else. And then the Lord led him back to the Farmersville church. He pastored it, and then He left. And then um, He said He kept feeling like God was talking to him about going back there a third time. And He just didn't want to go back there. He just didn't want to go back there. He didn't have any problems with the people, you know, but he just didn't want to go back there. You know, he said he battled with that thing for a while. Said until one day he finally said, All right, Lord, if you want me to go back to that church, I will. So then the Lord said, Yeah. So I don't want you to go back there, but I want you willing to go back there. If you weren't willing to do that, then you weren't willing to do whatever it is that I want you to do.
1: Yeah.
0: One thing about God is never to say never. Never say never with God. Never say never with God. Amen. Just an attitude of consecration. Heard of a missionary. He said when he was just a young fellow, God spoke to him about, uh, dealt with his heart about going out on the mission field to China. He said he didn't want to do it so he backslid. And then he didn't walk with God for years. Until finally one day he said, All right, Lord. All right, Lord. I make the consecration. If you want me to go to China as a missionary, I will. He said, and then the Lord said, I never wanted you to go to China as a missionary. But I wanted you to be willing to go. Because if there's ever anything you're not willing to do, then you're not willing to do whatever it is I want you to do. So the guy just wasted years of his life battling something that God wasn't really requiring him to do. Amen. So consecration to God's will. Just being sold out to God. Being sold out to God. And the truth is that it doesn't cost to serve God. It pays off. Now, there are times it might seem like it costs us something. There are times it might look like the sacrifice is just so great. The price is just so great. But on the long run, it doesn't cost. It pays off. Yeah. First Timothy 4, 7 and 8. The Bible says, But refuse profane, and old wives fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. It says, For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. Praise God. So it pays off in every way. Amen. To be sold out to God. To obey him with all our hearts. To serve him. To be on fire for God. To work in fellowship with the Lord. Like the local church. You know, God places such a high premium on the local church. You now, one of the things God is doing in these last days is that he's building strong local churches. And he's teaching them to the flow in the supernatural. Just being hooked up with the local church. Coming to church regularly. Tithing regularly. Faithfully. Giving to the local church. Praise God. serving. You know, sometimes, you know, I tell people that we could just ask ourselves, if every member of this church gave like I do to this local church, will there still be a church? If every member of this church served like I do in this local church, will there still be a local church? Praise God. Just... Doing our utmost best, amen. Doing our utmost best, you know. And God places there's something also about honoring the pastor, honoring the pastor's office, amen. Just honoring your pastor, praise God. You know, the Bible says the elders that rule well are worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. You know, and there's a big key right there, big key to succeeding in God, to getting ahead in life, to even prospering financially. You know, God said he will honor those who honor him. And one of the ways we honor God is by honoring our pastors. Praise God. Just taking hold with them. Just coming alongside with the vision that's in their heart, the direction, amen, that they are leading things to. And just taking hold. Praise God. You know, there's some folks, when they come in the church, uh, and the pastor sees them coming, You know, let's say the pastor is preaching. His heart could just sink. Oh no, not again today. You know, I know there are some folks, the uh, pastor sees them coming to the church and it's like the anointing on him just increases because my God, these are my folks. They take hold with me. They are with me. They believe in what we're doing. They're standing with us. Praise God. You know, the Bible says that we are to obey those who have the rule over us. Amen. We're to obey them. We're to submit to them. Amen. You know that we don't want it to be grievous to them. Amen. We want them to we, we, we want to serve with our hearts and be committed, praise God. Well, now the question arises. This spirit-filled life thing you're talking about. You've told us the marks of the spirit-filled life. You've told us what it means to stay spirit-filled. You've told us also how to stay spirit-filled. Close fellowship with God through prayer. Maintaining a spirit of boldness through prayer. Absolute obedience to God. Consecration to the will of God. Now, what are the benefits of this spirit-filled life? What good is it going to do for me? Why do I need to do it? Of what use is it? Well, if you know what use is it, it is <laughs> you're wrong to do it. Praise God. Well, a few things we see from scripture. Well, number one, Maintaining a spirit-filled life makes it easier for us to be led by the Spirit. It makes it easier for us to be led by the Spirit. Now, do you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost to be led by the Holy Ghost? No. Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So any child of God, even if he's not spirit-filled, he can be led by the Spirit. However, When somebody gets filled with the Spirit of God, it becomes a whole lot easier for the person to be led. Luke 4, 1 says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So it increases our ability to be Spirit-led. Amen. One of the... Thoughts of being filled with the Spirit. is being controlled by the Spirit. Being yielded to the Spirit. Amen. Just going with the flow of the Spirit. So it makes it easier for us to be led. It makes it easier for us to even discern the leading of God's Spirit. Praise God. And we know there's something about being led by the Spirit of God. Brother Higgins said in February 1959, the Lord said to him, if you'll follow that inward witness, I'll make you rich. I'm not opposed to you being... Co- uh, Rich, I'm only opposed to you being covetous. I'll lead you in, in financial matters as well as spiritual matters. You know, God wants to guide us in all areas of our lives. And the Lordship of Jesus puts on the, su- the supernatural element in our lives. Amen. It strips our lives of human guidance, of its frailties and awe. And it enables us to do God's will. Amen. And to be all that we can be in him. So, enhances our ability to be led by the Spirit of God. Another benefit we see to stay in spirit filled is that we are able to pray in the Spirit. We're able to pray in the Spirit. Now, of course, we can pray in our understanding. And there's some prayers that it's only in our understanding that we can pray them. For instance, you don't resist the devil in tongues. He doesn't understand. You know, when you speak in tongues, you're speaking to God. No man understands. So when you want to resist the devil, you want to talk to him in a language he understands. You want to tell him, devil, get out of there. And he's going he's gonna to flee. He's got no choice. Amen. Thank God for praying out of our understanding. But we're limited a lot of times. There are certain things, Romans 8, 26 and 27. The Bible says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself, in a surgeon for us, with groanings which cannot be uttered. And like P.C. Nelson says, which cannot be uttered in articulate speech. It says he that, which will include tongues. He that sucheth the hearts, knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. For he maketh a surgeon for the saints, according to the will of God. 1 Corinthians 14.2 For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God for no man understandeth him howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. The primary way to pray in the spirit not the only but the primary way to pray in the spirit is to pray in tongues. Amen. We can also pray with interpretation of tongues. We can pray by prophecy. We can pray as led by the Spirit. Praise God. But you see, the primary way to pray in the Spirit is to pray in other tongues. And when we stay Spirit-filled, then we're able to pray in the Spirit. We're able to pray with our spirits, apart from our understanding. We're able to pray out the will of God, the purpose of God, things that our minds have no clue. You know, I tell you, there was... um, One time I went to sleep, this was uh, sometimes in uh, 1992, went to sleep and then I was awake in the middle of the night and I just knew it's about a member of my family, somebody's life is in danger, Some member of my family. Now I didn't know who it was to know how to pray about it so I just said Spirit of God you know exactly what this is about. You know who this is. I just trust you to give me the utterance. And then I began to pray in tongues. After about 45 minutes of praying in the spirit, the burden lifted. I had a note of victory. Amen. Began to sing in tongues. So I knew whatever it is, it's been sorted. I went back to sleep. What I didn't know was that my mom was having surgery the very next day. I didn't know that. They did the surgery. They gave her some wrong anesthesia. After the surgery, her heart rate just went flat. She was gone, on the theatre, operating table. Now she walked there. You know, she was a nurse. She was a senior matron, in charge of the theatres in that hospital. So there was, they were confused. Oh, we've lost her. What has happened? Oh, how did this happen? How did that happen? What do we do now? But somehow, unexplainably, her heart just picked back up. Amen. Well, my mom was 80 last year. She's still alive. Praise God. And when I heard the story. You know and the doctor was talking to my dad I was there and said you know we almost lost her today in the theater and this and this and this I just had a voice speak up inside me and say that's what you were praying about this morning and if you hadn't prayed she would have died amen. amen so we're able to pray for things our heads have no idea about we're able to pray out the purpose of God one time I was praying in the spirit and as I was praying I had a mini vision my eyes wide open and I saw my dad drive right into armed robbers so I knew that was what I was praying about. Well, I prayed until the burden lifted. Well, about 10 days after that experience, what I actually saw happened. Drove right into armed robbers, You know, and... But somehow, supernaturally, they didn't even stop him. They didn't... They just said, Oh, go, go, go. It's not you we are looking for. We don't want stuff from you. You know, that was God's favor. That was God's protection. Amen. You know, during... Um, we a Bible this year. we in a Bible seminar in Tulsa. One night, I woke up. I had a dream. I told my wife. I said, I saw something about our kids coming from school and then someone who went to pick them and then the car going off like somebody, you know, being, um, being kidnapped, some stuff like that. Well, I was here in Tulsa and um, the kids were back home. Well, the very next day. So when I saw that, I took some extra time to pray in the Spirit. I couldn't have known to pray about that. Other than <laughs> praying in other tongues and the Lord showing us ahead of time. Well, we took some time to pray about it. The person who was going to help to pick them got in a vehicle. And then the, the folks were kidnappers. And then they were just taking her off. But in a very spectacular manner, God delivered her. Amen. So you see, there are things that our heads have no idea about. Amen. But God can give us insight into. A lot of things we can avert. A lot of things we can pray out. You know, moves of God are birthed. Revivals don't just happen. Intercession is always a forerunner of a revival. Amen. Praise God. So, one of the benefits of staying spirit-filled is we're able to pray in the Spirit. Well, a third benefit of staying spirit-filled is that, we are able to access help in the business side of life
1: yeah.
0: help in the business side of life in romans 12 11, the bible says not slothful in business well if i'm shouldn't be slothful in business then what do i do it says fervent in spirit serving the lord now it also seems like there's a link between being fervent in spirit and not being slothful in business yeah. and then remember in act 6 When they said, look out among yourselves, seven men of honor's report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. What business? Serving tables. So something as natural as serving tables, being filled with the Holy Ghost will help us serve better. Amen. So in the natural things of life, as a banker, as a factory worker. As whatever job we do, whatever it is, amen. Being a better husband, being a better wife, staying spirit filled will help us. Yeah. Even in the natural things of life, uh-huh. we are able to be better people. Amen. Well, what other benefits are there to it? Number four, a bold, overflowing testimony. A bold, overflowing testimony. In Acts chapter 4, from verse 8 to 13, you know, when Peter and John were taken, And those guys were being reprimanded. We don't want you speaking anymore in the name of Jesus. The Bible says when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were ignorant and unlearned men, they knew that they had been with Jesus. And the Bible says there that uh, Peter being full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So there was something about being full of the Holy Ghost that made him able to have a bold testimony. A bold, overflowing testimony. You know, sometimes some of us are not as bold as we should in the workplace. We're not as bold as we should in our families. We're not as bold as we should in our neighborhoods. Sometimes we feel a little, you know, inhibited in talking about the Lord. But you see, when we stay spirit-filled, amen, it becomes easier. The same frightened Peter that had just denied the Lord, after he got filled with the Holy Ghost, he spoke up, You know, stood up to speak. And 3,000 folks got saved. Amen. You see, the string of our tongues are turned loose when we stay spirit-filled. A bold overflowing testimony. A bold overflowing testimony. Well, number five. Another benefit we see to staying spirit-filled is we are more effective in evangelism. We are more effective in evangelism. In Acts eleven twenty-four, the Bible says Barabbas was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people were added unto the Lord. So there was something about Barnabas being full of the Holy Ghost that made it easy for him to witness for the Lord. That made it easier for him and made him more effective in getting people born again. Yeah. Now we know that the reason Jesus hasn't yet come is because he's, been, he's waiting for the harvest. The precious fruit of the earth. That's what's keeping him. Amen. And God is strong about reaching the lost. God is strong about reaching the unsaved. You know, thank God we have meetings, we jump with sharpness, nothing wrong with that. And we have a good wild Holy Ghost party. And that's okay. There's no party like a Holy Ghost party. Because a Holy Ghost party don't stop. Praise God. Amen. Thank God for that. Praise God. But you know something, it's not just so we can feel good. It's not just so we can get blessed. It's not just so we can get enhanced. It's also so we can go out and be effective witnesses for the Lord. In Acts one eight, the Bible says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. As a University undergraduate, I was walking the road one day and then there was a fellow walking by my side. And then I told him, I said, guess what? He said, what? I said, I'm a new creature. He said, what's that? Well, when he said, what's that? I knew he wasn't one. So I began to share with him, you know. And then when I got through sharing with him, I didn't ask him, do you want to get saved? No, I don't ask that. What I said was, I know you want to get saved. So let's pray right now and let's get it done. Well, you know, there's something about the positivity, right? Amen. That just brings it out of people. You know, when that fellow told Paul, he said, Paul, you are persuading me to be a Christian. He said, I wish that you were all together as I am, except for these bonds. So there's something about an attitude to reach people. Well, when uh, I told him that, he said, no, I don't want to get saved. So I just looked on the inside of me. I said, Lord, I know you want this guy saved. How can I reach him? And then on the inside of me, you know, I just knew by revelation. I said, I told him, I said, you were born on such and such a date. It was such and such a day of the week. It was such and such a year. It's like, who told you? How do you know that? Well, I said, it's that same Jesus I'm talking to you about. That got his attention. In a few minutes time, he was saying the sinner's prayer. Amen. So it just helps us be more effective to reach people for the Lord. And God is strong about the lost. God is strong about the lost. If we're strong about the Holy Ghost, we'll have a passion for the lost. A passion to reach people for God. Amen. So that's another benefit of it. Well, number six, sixth benefit of staying filled with the Spirit of God is that it enables us to have more manifestations of the Holy Ghost. More manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Well, in Acts 13, if we read from verse 5 to about verse um, verse 13, we see about um, Elimas, the sorcerer, where Paul was trying to reach the deputy. And then Elimas was trying to stop the deputy from, get, from getting saved. And the Bible says, Saul, also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on the deputy and said, well, Oh thou, child of the devil. You know, Satan filled thine heart to pervert the right ways of the Lord, full of all subtlety and mischief. And he said, the hand of the Lord will come on you, and you'll not see the sun for a season. Well, what was that? That was as a sign. Amen. That was actually a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. But notice, it came about as a result of Paul being full of the Holy Ghost.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Being full of the Holy Ghost. When we stay filled with the Holy Ghost... We're going to have more manifestations of the Spirit. In Acts 7, from verse 55 to 56, we see about how Stephen was being stoned. And the Bible says, full of the Holy Ghost. He looked up to heaven and he saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Obviously, that was the sending of spirits. But it came about because he was filled with, filled with the Spirit. Amen. First Corinthians 12, from verse 1, the Bible says, now concerning spiritual gifts. Spirituals, things of pertaining to the Holy Ghost. I'll not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Verse three says, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, or by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit differences of administrations were the same law and diversities of operations were the same God that worketh all in all but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man who profit with all for to one is given by the spirit the word of wisdom to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another the gifts of healings both are in plural in the Greek by the same spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another descending of spirits to another diverse kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues but all these work at that one of themselves same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Yeah. Now there are those nine manifestations through which the Holy Ghost manifests himself. Yeah. You know, sometimes people say, what's your gift? What's my gift? What's their gift? Look, the Holy Ghost, he lives in us. If I'll simply stay spirit-filled, through any of those gifts, as the need arises, and as the Spirit of God sees feet, he'll manifest himself. Now, gifts of the Spirit actually belong to the church. They belong to the body of Christ. There's the sense in which to stand in certain ministry offices, they become the spiritual equipment that enable one to stand in that office. But even in that case, it's not as though that minister can turn it on or turn it off at will. It's as the Spirit of God wills. However, if we stay Spirit-filled, we'll have them in more manifestations. We'll see more manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Amen. By staying filled with the Holy Ghost. And the truth is this. God wants to use every believer. Every believer. And you know, we don't have to be in a church service to have a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Jesus was by the well in Sychar, And there was that woman that Jesus was talking to. You know, and Jesus didn't start the conversation by being spooky. He just started a simple conversation, give me water to drink, because she was fetching water. And then the woman said, why should you be asking me for water? Don't you know our people and your people don't talk, we don't relate, we don't do this, you know? And then Jesus says, if you know the gift of God and the person talking to you, you will have asked me for water. He said, how do you get that water? So you see, it was a flow, a conversation. It just flowed until Jesus said, okay, go call your husband. Then the woman said, I don't have any husband. You said, yeah, you've well spoken, you've had five. The man you're living with now is not your husband. And then the lady later said, come see a man who told me all I ever did. Well, I think if someone had five husbands, I think that's all she ever did. Don't you think so? (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) Glory to God. You see, what was that? That was the word of knowledge. But you see, it was by a well. It was by a well. So, some of these things don't have to happen only in church. As we stay spirit-filled, the Holy Ghost can manifest Himself through us anywhere and at any time and through any believer. Yes, there are ministry gifts who minister on a higher level, but every believer can flow in the gifts of the Spirit. Praise God. So that's another benefit to staying spirit-filled. God's power will flow through us. Praise God. Any believer, every believer, anywhere, at any time, as the Spirit of God sees feet and as the need arises.
1: Yes.
0: Well, finally, another thing, another benefit, another effect of staying Spirit-filled is physical demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. Yes, the Holy Ghost can manifest Himself in what we call gifts of the Spirit, but He can also demonstrate Himself physically. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, Paul said that my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith shall not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Well, what does the Bible mean when it talks about demonstrations of the Spirit and of power? Well, there's a sense in which a manifestation of the Holy Ghost could be a demonstration of the Spirit to illustrate something. So that's a demonstration of the Spirit. A demonstration of a ministry gift. Because ministry gifts are also often pertaining to the Holy Ghost. Could also be a demonstration of the Spirit. But you see, in that realm of demonstrations, there are also physical demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. Physical demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. So one time, Mary Woodworth Eater, she was preaching. That's a Pentecostal pioneer. And all of a sudden, in the middle of a sentence, she stopped still and stood as a statue for 72 hours, three days. Yeah, she was a tourist attraction. (laughs) Three days after, and it wasn't like she put it on or, it was the Holy Ghost just did that. Amen. She was in a trance-like state, just like a statue for three days. Three days after, she picked up the sentence she was making three days ago. That's supernatural. That's supernatural. Amen. Brother Higgin talked about one time, 1946, January 1st, New Year's service, as he was preaching. All of a sudden, he said there went a flash of lightning. No, Zechariah 10, one talks about the lightnings of God. Yeah. Give showers of rain to everyone grass in the field. Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. And he'll make bright clouds. The marginal rendering of bright clouds in the King James, Cambridge reference edition, says lightnings. He said there was just this bright light that went through the building. It said all of a sudden, five people disappeared from their seats. And reappeared, kneeling down at the altar in a split second. One of them was his own elder sister. And they got filled with the Holy Ghost. Without having sought a day of their lives. Just began to speak in tongues. What's that? That's a demonstration yes. of the Holy Ghost. You know, yeah. I've been in meetings where people will fall under the power and get glued to the floor. Yeah. And you can not lift them up. They are stuck there. Yeah. yeah. They're stuck there. Brother Higgins said when people first began falling under the power under his ministry. He didn't know this. But his wife had some reservations about it. So he was in this pastor's uh, church doing a meeting. They were in their parsonage, And then the Lord told him as they were praying together, go touch your wife in the forehead with your finger. Well, he went, touched her. The moment he did, it was like something knocked her on the floor. Oh, it was like, what's that? And then the Lord told him the same thing. Go touch the pastor's wife with your finger in the forehead. He did. The same thing happened. And then the Lord told him, go tell them to try to stand up. They couldn't stand up. They were glued to the floor. Then the Lord told him to ask them whether they acknowledge that this is God. He said they do this, this is God. <laughs> this is God. Then the Lord told him, Touch them again. When he touched them, they were released, they could get up. What's that? That's a demonstration. He talked about one of the churches he pastored. He said, One day he sensed the spirit of God moving on a certain lady. You know, so he told her, Respond, yield to God. The lady came up and began to exhort sinners to get saved. Our eyes were shut. When a sinner will respond, She'll begin to dance, dance, a jig for joy, by the Holy Ghost, you know. She didn't know because her eyes were shut. By the time every sinner in that place had come and had gotten saved, she now started dancing and danced right off the platform in midair, nothing underneath her feet, and danced right back. What was that? It was a demonstration, a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Believe me, God wants us to have more things like that. Someone says, "What's this laughing business? You know, wh- why do some of you folks just laugh when it's not like someone put laughing gas on you?" Well, Proverbs seventeen twenty-two says, "A merry heart doeth good like medicine." Psalm one twenty-six, from verse one to three, says, "When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, who were like them that dream, then was our mouth filled with laughter." And our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen. The Lord had done great things for them. The Lord had done great things for us. Whereof we're glad. Glad. Amen. If it's scriptural for people to lead us in singing. It's just a scriptural for people to lead us in laughing. (laughs) Amen. Amen. You know the Bible says in Psalm 2 verse 4. That he that's seated in the heavens shall laugh. God laughs. You know sometimes I'm playing with my kids. And I just kind of slip up on their blind side. Come behind them and tickle them. And then they jump, laughing. Hilarious. You see, sometimes God likes to come in and just slip, you know, behind us. And just tickle us too. And that's why sometimes we jump and laugh and run. Praise God. He's a father. Amen. You know, in Luke chapter 10, we see in verse 18 how the disciples returned. Said the demons are subject to us in thy name. And then he told them, I uh, beheld Satan fall as lightning from heaven. I give unto you power. Verse 19, tread on and scorpions, over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. And I said, don't rejoice at this, but rejoice because your names are written in the book of life. Yeah. And then he now went on. The Bible says in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit.
1: Yeah.
0: I looked up that Greek word rejoiced and I found out it was the word agalio. Agalio means to make an upward, forward movement. Jesus danced. There wasn't music, but he just, whoa! He did that stuff. Amen. You know, praise God. It's not a Tulsa shuffle. Yeah. Glory to God. It's a Jesus dance. Amen. And you know the Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. You know, by an act of our will we can rejoice. Yeah. We can choose to praise God. Yeah. We can choose to bless Him. Yeah. We can choose to thank Him. Yeah. Amen. And then the Holy Ghost comes on us as we do it. Yeah. You know the Bible talks about joy unspeakable. First Peter one eight, I'm full of glory. Well, if it's unspeakable, there's bound to be a way to express it. Yeah. And that's why sometimes we dance without music. Sometimes we laugh. You know, someone said, what about that running business? Well, I remember in First Kings 18, you know, when the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. And the Bible says he outran the king's chariot. That must have been pretty fast running. Yeah. Amen. And it was as a result of the hand of the Lord yeah. coming on him. So what's that? That's a demonstration of the Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. See, all these things are some of the effects, some of the benefits Of being spirit-filled. We saw people falling into trances. Amen. You know, Peter went to the housetop, fell into a trance. Things like that. People seeing the glory of God. Remember one meeting I was in. All of a sudden, you know, it was a believer's meeting. You know, we were edifying one another, ministering one to another. All of a sudden, this cloud came rolling in. And then he stood above our heads. A few people saw it. And then this was what was interesting. Anybody that lifted up his hand into that cloud had an electric shock. Yeah, it was tangible. People lifted up their hand and said they had a shock because there was electricity in the atmosphere. Amen. See, God can do stuff like that. Remember the first time I saw that glory cloud. Ooh, I was in this meeting, all of a sudden I wasn't ministering or anything I just saw that cloud come rolling in The person ministering was going to lay hands on these folks And that cloud came and stood above their heads The next thing we saw is all of them went down At the same time, before he could get to touching them Amen You see, things like that happen when we stay spirit filled Let me tell you something, I'm hungry I'm hungry, I'm hungry for more I'm hungry to see stronger demonstrations of God's glory. I know that there's a harvest that needs to be reaped. I know that there's a work God wants to do. And I know that God is not going to send angels to do it. He's going to use man. He's going to use me. He's going to use you. He's going to use us. Amen. And you know, when we stay filled to overflowing with the Holy Ghost, praise God. And there's going to be a whole lot that will be done. Lives will be blessed. Amen. Nations will be changed. Communities will be transformed. Glory to God. What about us just lifting up our hands to the Lord. And just praising Him. And just thanking Him. For the privilege of being filled with the Holy Ghost. The privilege. Such an awesome privilege. Of having God live on the inside of us. Amen. Amen. Just thank him for the Holy Ghost. He's the helper. He's our advocate. He's our strengthener. He's our standby. You can't afford not to be spirit-filled. You can't afford not to stay spirit-filled. Amen. God wants us to maintain the glow. Amen. Just stay spirit-filled. Just rejoice in spite of it. Amen. Just rejoice in spite of it. See, the love of God is in our hearts, right? And that love never fails. That love is the solution to all human problems. And you know the Holy Ghost is our helper, right? So we help us walk in love. See, when we stay filled with the Spirit, it becomes a whole lot easier to walk in love. You know what? That's the answer right here you got in the message tonight. Just staying Spirit-filled. Just praising God. Just thanking God. Just praising Him. And you see, that relationship will be restored Amen. It will be restored. Things that have gone sour and have turned bad and at the brink of really shattering. It won't go bad. Amen. God will bring things back together. And you'll have much cause to be glad. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, I wouldn't like to embarrass you. But what about us just praising Him together? And just thanking Him. And just blessing Him. He's our Father. He's our Father. He's our Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. God. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It will come into being. It will come into being. You spoke it out in faith. You spoke the word of God. It will come to pass it'll come to pass just refuse to doubt but rather maintain your confession and hold fast to saying the same things that you have spoken and watch it happen you won't have to make it happen God will make it happen you see we are the believers he is the performer he will bring it to pass he will bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass at last. He will bring it to pass at last. He will bring it to pass at last. And the vision will speak, it will not tarry. So just hold fast that which you have said. Don't negate your confession. Don't say, well, I've been speaking for quite a while. Nothing has changed yet. Look, a whole lot is happening already. A whole lot is happening already. A whole lot is happening already. Amen. Amen. And um I just sent something about something about um you know as a church yeah. Yeah. amen. Yeah. something about a, uh like a uh a, a face like a face like a stepping into a, a higher glow stepping into a higher A a higher place. Amen. Stepping into a higher place. Just stepping up and stepping out and stepping in and stepping on and moving on. Amen. You see, some things will happen. Some things will happen. Amen. In the natural. And they could be troubling. But we know something on the inside that we are the victors. We know on the inside that we are more than conquerors. And so we just stay rejoicing and we stay full of thanksgiving. Amen. And you'll see people in this place step in their spiritual lives into a, a greater realm of God's glory. Into a greater depth of spirituality. Yeah, a a stepping up, a stepping in, a stepping out, amen, into a greater realm of God's glory, into a greater realm of God's power, into a stronger depth, a stronger depth in the things of God's spirit, even in our individual lives and collectively as an assembly. And some things we saw in yesteryears, we'll begin to see them more and see them happen with greater frequency and with more regularity. And some things we walked in and we carried, yeah, they're still there. For he hasn't changed his mind, he hasn't changed his purpose, he hasn't changed his direction. And that which he said, he's still saying, that which he gave. It's still given, Amen. And we just need to stir those things up. And stir up ourselves. Amen. And you see, the miraculous will operate. Even through our hands. You know, Jesus said these signs will follow them that believe. He didn't say they'll follow the preachers. He said they'll follow them that believe. Amen. And God is equipping us so we can go out there and reach a hurt and dying world and bring them to Jesus. I know what the end of it is going to be. It's going to be more souls coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ.